Hello and welcome to the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of December 4th, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Bayaki, ready to dig into all things sectors for the week ahead and look back at the week that was. And yes, we are into December, the final month of 2023, which is quite absurd. And it goes to show how quickly things move in the equity markets, because all of a sudden you look up and the year to date gain on the S&P 500 is once again, just shy of 20%, up 19.67%. And it wasn't but a month, month and a half ago that we were talking about how a lot of the year-to-date gain in the S&P 500 had been eroded, and we were up less than 10% at that point. And then we get that light CPI print, we get some momentum in the market, we get some dovish, as the market interpreted it, comments from Fed governors and presidents and Mr. Powell himself. And all of a sudden, you've got a rally in the market that is not just attributable to the sectors that have led the way this year. In fact, you look at XLK up just 63 basis points this week. You look at consumer discretionary up 1.67%. So it outperformed the S&P 500, which was up 77 basis points this week. But the story this week was other sectors. You look at materials, XLB up 2.74%. XLU, utilities up 1.34%. Financials up another 2.2 or so percent this week. Industrials up two and a quarter percent. And then Real estate, which has really been leadership in the market over the course of the past month, up 4.65% this week alone. And it gets back to what I led with, the idea that we got that lighter than expected CPI print, followed by what the market has interpreted as dovish Fed speak interviews, commentary publicly and this week, we had some economic data, which I'll get into, including some inflation data, specifically PCE, the Fed's favorite indicator of inflation. But let's start with Mr. Powell. He said, and I quote, it would be premature to conclude with confidence that we have achieved a sufficiently restrictive stance or to speculate on when policy might ease. Well, that doesn't read as extremely dovish, but it certainly reads as a lot less hawkish than some of the other stuff he said over the course of the past six months to 12 months. And importantly, the market is already speculating on when they might ease. The market is pricing in Fed cuts in 2024. And the bond market is certainly signaling that the Fed is either at or at the very least, near the end of its rate hiking cycle. And the sectors that in theory have been most punished by this very aggressive rate hike trajectory that we've seen over the course of the past couple of years are starting to wake up, specifically real estate, which we've covered time and time again on this podcast and has been covered ad nauseum in the financial media. The difficulties of valuation in that space, the difficulties these companies are facing in terms of increased borrowing costs, a lack of ability to go out and borrow against properties whose valuations have come in considerably. And yet you look at real estate up considerably this week, 4.65% up so dramatically over the course of the past month. And we'll get into the November month in review in just a minute here. But on the economic data front, we got new home sales, which slightly missed, pending home sales, slightly better than expected, 
Case Shiller right in line, up 3.9%. Then you had consumer confidence with a slight beat. GDP was revised up to 5.2% from 5%. That is a remarkable economic quarter for the U.S. economy, especially when you consider that that's real GDP growth. And when you're talking about inflation, which according to PCE is running at about three and a half percent or so year over year at a core level, you're talking about near double digit growth nominally for a quarter in the U.S. economy. That's dramatic. And it speaks to just the fact that we've seen time and time again, week after week, month after month, this divergence between people's perception of the economy on the ground, on quote unquote Main Street, what we're seeing from the aggregate economic data, and of course, what we're seeing from the market, which continues to rally and is up once again nearly 20% year to date. I would also say from Mr. Powell that the remarks did give some interpreters, if you will, translators, whatever you want to call them, some feeling that the Fed is at the end of its rate hiking cycle. And he noted, Mr. Powell, that is, that inflation is, quote unquote, moving in the right direction. So all in all, a week in which a lot of the economic dynamics that have plagued certain sectors in the market are starting to trend in the right direction, specifically inflation and Fed policy. That PCE print that we got, as I spoke about, down from 3.4% in September to 3% in October, lowest reading since March 2021, which of course was when people were still wearing masks everywhere and locked down in many cases, not traveling, not doing business, and not going into the office. Core PCE slowed down from 3.7% in September to 3.5% in October, its lowest reading since April 2021. So Mr. Powell said it on the back of that PCE print, and the data is certainly in line with that. The last CPI print, the most recent PCE print, recent PPI data that we've gotten is all at the very least showing that inflation has dramatically normalized and is heading, as Mr. Powell said, in the right direction. Now, we're going to get a CPI print the week after next, so we'll see if we get a continuation of this trend, but overall... This was a pretty dramatic week in the market, in those other sectors, like I mentioned. Just one sector down this week, communication services down 1.48%. Otherwise, every other sector either had a significant gain or eked out a small gain. In the case of energy, up just six basis points. So basically flat, as I mentioned, technology up just 63 basis points, but 661 million shares traded across the select sector spider lineup, which of course... There's many more shares traded than we saw the previous week, that shortened, condensed Thanksgiving week. But we also saw, as you look at these various sector performances and what we're seeing from a flow activity, some pretty significant creation activity for the week. 23 million new shares created across the select sector spider lineup. 11 million shares created in XLF, which, of course, is a sector where we always see these dramatic inflows and outflows day to day, week to week, quarter to quarter. But we also saw 3 million plus new shares created in healthcare XLV, utilities XLU, and communication services XLC. Then we saw 2 plus million shares created in technology and in XLRE or real estate, which again is the best performing sector this past week and over the course of the past month, which is quite a reversal for a sector that has been a laggard here in 2023 and has been one of the poorest sectors or worst performing sectors 
since the advent, if you will, of this inflationary and rate hiking cycle. Now, to look, instead of focusing on a sector this week, we're going to look at November in review. And November was a really interesting month because when you look at the best performing sector, once again, XLRE, and you look at the worst performing sector, XLE or energy, it speaks to the fact that energy had been on this run, has started to, at the very least, take a breath. We've seen crude oil prices or WTI come in quite a bit. And even though OPEC Plus announced another production cut this week, we didn't see a massive move higher in crude oil prices. In fact, crude oil prices sort of sold off. We're pretty soft this week. And energy companies, as a result, were one of the worst performing sectors this week and had been the worst performing sector in the month of November. But when you unpack what took place in November at the sector level, it's just interesting to look at the change in assets, the change in shares at the sector level. So we saw a decline of basically 4.6% in consumer staple shares. We saw a decline of 4% in shares in materials. We saw a decline of 4% in shares in industrials and a decline of 1.6% in shares of utilities. So utilities, check. Consumer staples, check. Healthcare, basically flat for the month. A decline of, or an increase, if you will, of 47 basis points in the share count there. The point is, is that we did see some people taking off positions in aggregate from those defensive sectors. But what we saw on the flip side was creations in financials, 35 million shares for the month in financials alone. 5 million shares or 4.46% of overall shares in real estate, 8.6 million shares created in communication services or four and a quarter percent of outstanding shares in the communication services sector. So some pretty dramatic repositioning away from defensives toward some of these more growth oriented and or cyclical sectors like financials, like communication services, and of course, a pretty significant increase in the number of shares in XLRE or real estate, which again, is a sector that has woken up. I don't know if it's the move we're seeing in interest rates. I don't know if it's general consensus or some momentum building toward this idea that we're going to get rate cuts in 2024 and the Fed is at the end of its rate hiking cycle and what that translates to in terms of sentiment and perception for real estate. But I will say we saw a significant decrease, 16% decrease in short interest against real estate. We saw a 29% decrease in short interest against communication services. And we saw an increase in short interest against technology and consumer discretionary. So you've got that sort of aggregate level positioning that's changing between defensives, cyclicals, and specifically real estate. And we're also seeing some relative positioning in short positions against some of these sectors, increasing short positions against some of the sectors that have worked, discretionary and technology, and decreasing short positions against some sectors that are actually waking up, specifically real estate. Now, we've talked about this before, how the makeup of the asset base in the select sector spiders compares to the market or the weights of those sectors in the S&P 500. And one of the things I found interesting is that we're now basically at market weight in the sector spiders against the market or the S&P 500 in consumer staples. We're well below the market's weighting in consumer discretionary, well below the market's weighting in technology, 
overweight significantly in utilities. And although we're 20% or so underweight in real estate relative to the S&P 500, it is worth noting that we saw a pretty significant increase in shares in real estate. And with that relative performance that we saw from real estate over the course of the past month, and more recently over the course of the past week, it'll be interesting to see if people start legging into the real estate sector. We talked in the tax loss harvesting piece, we talked more recently about the real estate sector and the dynamics that impact companies within XLRE versus the perception of that commercial real estate footprint in the broader real estate sector. And you've got a lot of folks who have underweight positions in real estate because it hasn't worked. And there's concerns about that commercial real estate footprint. There's also a lot of folks who likely have losses in their real estate portfolio, whether it's a broad-based real estate ETF, whether it's an actively managed real estate mutual fund. And in theory, as we close out the year, we could see additional creation activity in XLRE as people either liquidate individual stock positions in individual REITs, liquidate losing or underwater positions in other real estate ETFs or actively manage real estate mutual funds. So of all the sectors to watch in the last month of the year, I would say real estate is certainly one of those sectors because of that momentum we're seeing in the sector. And of course, some of those economic dynamics that have turned from potential headwinds to potential tailwinds for the real estate sector on a go forward basis. So looking ahead to next week, pretty light on economic data, but we do get payrolls on Friday, which of course is one of the bigger economic data points we get. The expectation is about 190,000 new jobs created in the United States. We'll see if we get any trend in either direction, weaker than expected, better than expected. We'll see what revisions are for prior months. Remember, we've seen time after time those jobs numbers revised down as opposed to revised up. We'll see if there's a change in trend there. We're also going to get S&P and ISM services prints after we saw some manufacturing data last week, which showed once again, manufacturing is in at the very least contraction, if not overall recession. And then on the earnings front, we have just seven companies reporting. The ones that jumped out to me were Broadcom, which is a four and a half or so percent weighting in XLK. So an important company in an important industry within the technology sector. And also Lululemon, which from a sort of overall style and fashion perspective, maybe up your alley and is a company that certainly has been of interest to the market here in 2023 because of the overall results we've seen from that company. And in some cases, the increasing popularity of their apparel in certain key demographics. So with that, I'd like to thank everyone once again for tuning in. My name is Paul Bayaki, Chief ETF Strategist at SSNC Alps Advisors. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. And as always, please visit sectorspiders.com for everything sectors, research, content, updates, earnings, and more. Take care.